Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. ...going on right now. Bum, bum, bum. I mean, we've got investigations. The House is investigating the Biden crime family. We've got this just got announced today. There's a new special counsel probe overseeing the criminal investigation, Donald Trump. But first... We'll start with the Indianapolis cult. There's an investigation Ooh. over the hiring of interim head coach, the very inexperienced, the very white Jeff Saturday. So it's an interim status, right? Last time I checked, this was not a full-time announcement. No. had no idea what it's going to look like after the season ends for Jeff Saturday. Because the Rooney rule, which is in place for the NFL to make sure that candidates of diverse backgrounds get a fair opportunity yes. does not apply to midseason changes. So what are we doing here? What's the whole point of this? If you're trying to point out that, well, Jim Irsay clearly has to be a racist because he brought in Jeff Saturday, I'd like to point out that of the last four Colts head coaches, half of them have been black guys. So, so, so there's an investigation now going on from this alliance? The Fritz Pollard Alliance wants oh. to take a closer look at the Colts' hiring of Jeff Saturday. They put out this statement yesterday, quote, In light of the recent interim head coaching hire in Indianapolis, the FPA has initiated an inquiry with the NFL into whether this hiring process conformed with NFL hiring guidelines for naming an interim head coach. Dun, dun, dun. Like Let me just, just stop said. them right there. It did. <laughs> it did. An interim coach pretty much That's can it. be anybody who you want, and it gets you through the finish line. Now, at the end of the year, I'm sure Jim Irsay is going to say, all right, now we've got to find a full-time permanent head coach. Jeff Saturday could be that guy. He could be on that list, but they will interview yeah, everyone yeah. and do things accordingly. You, you can't screw around in the middle of a season and uh, fire your current head coach. And then, I mean, the interview process takes a long time to be the, the head coach of an NFL franchise. Right. So you can't, so it, it takes weeks and weeks and weeks in the offseason, we, maybe months. But in the middle of the season, you need to make a decision just like that. And Jeff Saturday was already working for the organization because normally what happens when a coach gets blown out midseason, the assistant coach takes over and gets you to the finish line. Well, honestly, coming off that Patriots effort, if you want to call it that, of a couple weeks ago, <laughs> Jim Mercer was like, nobody on this staff deserves to be a head coach right now. So I'm going to go with our consultant, Jeff Saturday. He's going to look at the talent. He's going to report back to me. And if he's a good coach, hot damn, we'll kill two birds with one stone. So this is ridiculous. Jim Mercer is a lot of things, right? Jim Mercer is a lot of stuff, but he's not a racist. That's like the least thing you can point out about Jim Irsay. Of course. Uh, how we feel about the Colts' chances, by the way, uh, Sunday? They're, they're seven-point underdogs, right? I'm taking the Colts with the points. Really? Okay. Again, I'm getting seven points. I'm at home. I think Jeff Saturday is going to bring a little juice to the joint. Yeah. And, and you can run all over the Eagles, right? You that's, can run on the Eagles. That's the blueprint. And the again, Eagles! I don't need the Colts to win. I just need him to hang <laughs> okay. around if I'm getting the points. But I do think the Colts have a chance to win. There's something different about this squad right now. And I get the Raiders are hot trash, and that's why the Colts <laughs> won that game. Um, but there's a different feel about this squad. Yeah. So I'm excited for it. Uh, we have an 
update on a story we had yesterday, Nige. So if you remember yesterday, we heard from the House Oversight Committee Chairman, James Comer. They're talking about how when the Republicans officially take over as the majority in the House after the new year, Mm -hmm. they were going to launch an investigation into Hunter Biden, which was really an investigation into Joe Biden. This is an investigation of Joe Biden. This is an investigation of Joe Biden. And that's where the committee will focus in this next Congress. Okay. We all heard that, right? Right. Well, what's the problem? Today, the same guy, your House chairman, your oversight committee chairman, says, well, we're going to subpoena Hunter, but eh, Joe Biden. eh, What? We're not going to call him to testify. Joe Biden's a big guy. What do you mean he's not going to subpoena Joe Biden? And Joe, he's the big guy in the hundred emails, the ten percent. He gets the million dollar, you know. Uh, he sends his son. I mean, Hunter's the conduit, right? Sets up the deals, and the big guy gets ten percent, right? Am They're I, am not I wrong going here? to call Joe Biden to testify, which is what we talked about. These wishy-washy weenies that talk a big game and don't do a damn thing. All right, let's have the hearing. Let's blast Hunter. Let's talk about crack. Let's talk about Coke. Let's talk about hookers and Burisma. And let's embarrass him. And let's do all the things because honestly, I'm here for it. But don't tell me twice we're going after Joe Biden. And then when you're asked if you're going to subpoena Joe Biden, say no, just Hunter. Um, well, in other news, this was this was big he- headlines just as we were coming on the air hammer. The, you know what? If the January 6th committee didn't stop Trump from running for president, it didn't stop Trump, right? That was the whole reason for the January 6th committee. So right. Liz Cheney and Adam Kinzinger and uh, all those idiots, you know, we don't we can't have Trump running again, so we're going to have this committee. Um, that didn't stop them. So how about a new special counsel probe overseeing Trump's criminal investigation having to do with the Mar-a-Lago documents and also January 6th transfer of power? Does anybody in Washington do anything other than do investigations <laughs> I, I, on each other? I think it'd be hilarious if it was Mueller again, <laughs> like in, 20, in 2018. I mean, for God's sake, between the FBI and the Department of Justice, do you think Donald Trump would be in an orange jumpsuit in isolation on Rikers Island by now. Right. And he's not. They haven't got him in anything. He's running for president. <laughs> and that's what, again, this is really what this is all about. And uh, I think it was either Jim Jordan or, or Gates or somebody said, like, w- like when is the FBI and the DOJ going to stop interfering with elections? For God's sake. Like, in 2016, spied on the Trump campaign. 2018, the Mueller probe. Uh, 2020, they suppressed uh, the, all the details with the Hunter laptop. 2022, raided President Trump's house before the election. And now uh, we have uh, a brand new special counsel probe. After, d- days at three days after he <laughs> announced Trump. Saying, well, well, look, this we're we just going to do everything the right way. This is going to be a you know, non-conflict uh, you know, of interests here. So this is what it's going to be. Some guy named Jack Smith. He's the new Mueller. Okay, <laughs> fantastic. Because the last Mueller worked out so well for him. Um, That's right. Another update, since we're doing updates here. So earlier today, CNN reported that the Justice Department said that the Saudi crown prince is going to be immune from a civil lawsuit over the death of former Washington Post journalist Jamal Khashoggi. Uh, MBS. This is what it sounded like. Ahmed bin Salman, the Saudi crown prince of the U.S., has approved the operation that led to the murder of Washington Post journalist Jamal Khashoggi, should be granted immunity. 
that's the recommendation from the Biden administration. Now, this immunity would apply to a civil suit brought by Khashoggi's fiance and a human rights organization founded by the late journalist. In response, his fiance said, quote, Jamal died again today. So that was this morning, okay? Yeah. Couple hours later, a different host on CNN says that, well, this whole immunity thing, it might be just a suggestion. So this is a this is a suggestion of immunity. The State Department has said this does not reflect the merits of the case. However, it does seem to reflect MBS's new role. He's not just the crown prince anymore. He's right. now prime minister of Saudi Arabia. So a couple things. One, it is a suggestion of immunity, but courts almost never, and I would say, I think it's safe to say would never, um, override a recommendation from the Justice Department oh. that an individual like this be granted immunity. Funny how that works. Probably a deal for more Saudi oil. Bingo. Well, wasn't Biden just down there a couple of months ago fist bumping the guy? <laughs> That's right. With his hat in his hand begging uh, for more oil, and they turned him down? Hey, sure. You know what? Actually, the second thought, we'll give you a deal on the oil, but uh, we want a little something in return here. You know that uh, journalist that we brutally murdered? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Can you let us off the hook for that? Yeah. And Joe Biden probably bowed down, kissed the ring, and said, okay. But I think it's funny that in just a couple of hours, I think the Department of Justice probably said, how the hell did CNN find this out? <laughs> Somebody tell them it's just a suggestion at this point, even though it's totally going to happen. <laughs> But just tell them it's a suggestion. That's kind of how this stuff plays out. Always. Uh, we've got uh, producer Sam with us today. Sam, hit me with some vaccine stuff. Pharmacies, antibodies, side effects, vaccine stuff. Haven't had, haven't had a vaccine stuff for a while, I feel like. No, it feels like everybody's kind of turned the corner on it, with the exception of a big university in South Bend, Indiana. Notre Dame will require another round of the vaccine oh, for wow. students if you're wanting to enroll in the 2023-24 academic school year. So you're saying a vaccine mandate. Correct. At Notre Dame. Now, they were wow. on that stuff early, if you remember. They were doing vaccine mandates before it was cool. <laughs> and when everybody else has decided we've moved on, the Golden Domers are like, you know what? We still want to make you have the jab. What, so what's what was the point, again, of this? They need So they need a booster, the booster requirement. Right. right? The it booster vaccine is required for all Notre Dame students, undergrad, graduate, and professional including students studying or performing research remotely or virtually. So even if you want to stay in your own living room by yourself, you still have to have a vaccine at they, Notre Dame. That's ridiculous. They should have said, including students who are uh, not at risk at all <laughs> right. for severe disease of COVID. This includes you too. If you're wow. studying virtually yeah, that, alone, that, that. you still have to have the vaccine booster. Wow, we're still doing this, huh? We're still doing it. See, Notre Dame, this is why you haven't won big football games over the last couple of years. Crap like this. Too soon? I'm sorry, Irish fans. <laughs> All right, Matt Bear, what's going on? Uh, it's the Hammer and Nigel show. Jason Hammer's over there. I'm Nigel. Uh, our traffic guy, Matt Bear, is uh, hanging out with us in studio. You're usually, you're usually in your little spot down uh, on the opposite end of the studio in the newsroom behind closed doors. Yeah, But yeah, we, we like yeah. to have a little segment with Matt Bear called Fridays with Matt. Yeah, the traffic centra. 
You he, went missing for a little while there, Matt. Yeah, it was and, like all of a sudden. Yeah, I was on a milk carton, and uh, yeah, it was it was the craziest thing. And, and you know the the rumors were circulating. I guess you were just, but you just got back last week, Thursday, right? Yeah, last Thursday. Uh-huh, yeah. yeah, it was uh, the craziest thing. I had a uh, I had a surgery, emergency surgery. You put those two words together, it's never fun. But uh, they had to uh, go in and uh, and put in a new colon. So oh, getting a, getting oh, a new <laughs> getting a new engine to your car, you know, like getting a new bicycle. Wait, 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 wait. You really is that for real? Yeah, what, a, a, what, new, a new colon. What they did was uh, I, I called a new colon, but basically <laughs> they took out my large intestine, about a foot of it, and oh, okay. uh, yeah, I got all crinkled up, and uh, it's something that the uh, hell. Yeah, it was it was completely unexpected. It was three weeks ago from tonight. Actually, I, I was at home happy anniversary. Yeah, thank you. I, this is a, it's like the seventh month anniversary of a new relationship. You know, is this the first time colon. you've talked about it. Yeah, oh, yeah wow, absolutely. Okay. Yeah, first time I really said anything public to anybody. I because let me tell you what happened. Because you came on our program, God, probably a month or two ago, and you poured your soul out about some of the issues you faced with alcohol and sobriety. substance and sobriety. People thought there was an unfortunate setback, and sure. they were texting Nige and I all the time. Oh my God, please tell me Matt's okay. And we didn't want to respond and talk about you and your health, but just know that the Hammer and Nigel Show listeners were concerned for and you. And that's and, and that makes my heart sing. And thank you to everybody for your concerns. Um, I I don't know if I deserve it, but I really appreciate it. But no, it was it was a surgery, and it, it was. The craziest thing. I mean, they basically. I. I, I the so, last. So wait a minute. Heard, what happened with your? Just, just real quick. Sure. I'm sorry. I don't want to interrupt you, but it was your intent. Something got caught in there or something. It got. It got bent. It, your it intestine. got crinkled. Yeah. It, like uh, there was a blockage. <laughs> they called it, and uh, we don't need to say what was blocked necessarily, but you, it, it, things could not pass oh, through. Oh God. no! And uh, guys, I tell you, it was the most excruciating pain you could imagine. Uh, a friend of mine who went through it described it as this: uh, You think you're dying, which happened. And then you want to die, which happened. Oh. Yeah. And, and they filled me up with, I, I got there, and they don't waste any time with They filled me up with morphine and uh, Oxycontin. It just bounced right off me. It did not do anything for the pain. It was that intense. And Were just, there concerns oh. based off of your history of sobriety that the painkillers would be a problem? Yeah. I mean, I had those concerns because, and uh, I said this off the air, if there's anything more that I like alcohol, and I love my alcohol, um, <laughs> that, that would be uh, painkillers. It would, it would be the opiate family because I, I spent some time with those. The time of my life I wasn't drinking. I, I was popping hydrocodone and Oxycontin like, oh, yeah. like, like they're a pest, like they're a candy. Well, and, you know, you're, you chasing, know. you're chasing the feeling of not being sick with, yeah. that, with that stuff, right? It's not the high necessarily. It's, you know, because when you finally come down off that crap, you, I felt it's, like I had a flu for like five days after I came it, off exactly. after I had surgery on my nose. It takes one week. It takes one week to yeah. get addicted to that. And and I was only on that for a few days, and I, I still had to go through withdrawal from the oxy gun. Yeah. It, it, it sucks. It's 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 just so bad. But, yeah, I was worried about that, but thankfully we're off. They put you to sleep? Yes, they did. Uh, my anesthesiologist, A+, plus, was very excited right. about that. Um, as I was going to sleep, uh, the last words I heard were, glass to be bag. Oh, yeah. no, no. Yeah. Those no. are the last words. And all of a sudden, I perk up and go, ah! and, and you're and out. fall asleep. Then, then, I, then I pass out. Yeah. And I'm so, like, wait, they they said there's a possibility of a colostomy bag yeah, situation? Yeah. And, uh, and, and, and I'm thinking, you know, th- those fleeting moments right before I go under, I'm thinking, I'm single. 
I'm middle-aged just as hard enough the way it is right now. I'm not on a dating websites. I, I've got to meet girls somehow, and I'm going to have this big bag of crap Literally attached to me. I'm going to be at the gym trying to do uh, whatever I do, and I'll be like, hey, you want to lift some weights with a guy with a glass to me bag here? Huh? You like my bag of poop? I'm going to set my bag of poop over here on this barbell, if you don't mind. You know? Do you have to ask the workers, excuse me, where can I put my bag of poop? <laughs> I've got an extra 24 inches of rope here so I can go around the yeah it was it was scary but you know and and with all due respect to anybody that has one of those I mean they do save lives but thankfully yeah. we didn't have to go to that so so wow. again we're chatting with Matt Bear our traffic wow, guy wow, wow, man. he was out for a good couple of weeks and people were concerned you know what's going on you know, there's so many things that people think about, right? They were concerned about your sobriety. Let's be honest. We're going through an ownership change. People were concerned that, you know, Matt Bear makes way too much money, so he had to be fired. Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. But you're feeling great, and you look great. Thank you. And Are uh, you feeling great? I, I really do. I mean, it's a, guys, it's a grind, man. It really is. I can't do any exercise for another four weeks. I mean, so you got to fill your time. Because you love it. I'll that, join man. you in that. Yeah. Just show support and solidarity. <laughs> I got your back, hey, Matt Bear. You. I'm not going to do a damn thing over the next four it's weeks. It's like growing a beer for November. <laughs> it's what friends do. Yeah, I'd love it. Um, but but the fact is, it, 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 you look at the evidence and you say, I'm alive. And you say, uh, some people don't get these chances. I get a second, third, fourth chance. I'm like Mario Brothers, the very first one where you start with three lives. That's it. <laughs> you, you burn through two of them and you're like, okay, I got to be careful now. But, but I'm blessed, man. What did they do with the the part of the intestine they cut out? Did they let you keep it? Like you know, souvenir? It's, it's, it's a baggy on your so shelf. Uh... <laughs> Matt fed it to a dog. Because when I woke up, I was so excited. First thing I did was I, I went to Twitter. Don't go to Twitter when you're on Oxy. Um, <laughs> that was the first thing. Second, I looked at my doctor. She's beautiful. And I go, oh, you're beautiful. By the way, can I have my large intestine back? <laughs> I'm like, because I'm getting taxed for my people. And- Boy, if I had a dollar for yeah. every time I've had to say that night. And she looks at me dead serious. She's like, Mr. Bear, we dispose of that. Completely not charmed. Didn't think I was funny at all. I was like, come on, I'm making a poop joke here. What kind of hospital did I go to? I'm going to Eskenazi next time. Well, we're glad you're doing all right. All right and it's great back, to see baby. you, Matt. Yeah, great to see you guys. God bless you. It's the Hammer and Nigel Show. Hammer and Nigel show. Uh, my name is Nigel Hammer. Is right over there. Is Twitter like I went to bed last night and the last thing I saw was was Twitter was trend, trending on its own site. Right, right. like it, went it was full gonna, circle. It was gonna it was gonna shut down or something like that because uh, I don't know that like uh, you know over ninety percent of the employees have left and there's only you know ten percent left and uh, Elon Musk stopped uh, giving out free lunches to his employees. And the last thing I saw was like, oh, boy, this whole thing's going to shut down? That was the big rumor, right? Well, it's still functioning. As a matter of fact, some people have gained their account back, like the Babylon Bee. Their restrictions have been lifted. Even that lunatic Kathy Griffin, who I am convinced is Ronald McDonald, her account has been, you know, freed up of any restrictions. Now, Elon Musk did tweet out that no decision has been made yet in regards to a certain former president and his Twitter account. Hmm. Who's who's making that decision? Well, that's an interesting question because it sounds like if you read this story from overseas, the BBB, the BBC, which can mean something totally different here in America. Um this story claims that there's almost like a mutiny at the Twitter headquarters where the employees that have not been fired yet, and there's a lot of those, uh, basically said, you know, 
we need to have some changes made here. Well, they're all locked out because Elon Musk felt like they were going to try to take the company back, some sort of mutiny, doing things on the site that he didn't approve of. So this story claims that all the doors are locked. Nobody can swipe in or out at Twitter. Yeah, the headquarters are closed. I saw. I saw that. Now, one of the theories is, I'm looking at it right here, somebody on Twitter said one possibility is that Elon Musk thinks Twitter's culture, the corporate culture, is so awful and so broken that there's no um, turning it around. It can't be reformed with the employee base that's currently there. So what he's doing, and uh, according to this uh this uh, person sometimes CEOs want most of the employees to quit so they can rebuild. Okay, it's like a thing that they want. Okay, and so that's kind of one of the theories out there going around right now. Well, he's so certainly he's doing it- the whole bull in a china shop thing, and it's been a hot mess in there. And he's changed his mind on a couple things, like the whole anybody can get a blue check mark for eight dollars. You know, he kind of went back and forth on all of that. So he's going to have to come up with some sort of new business model if this thing is going to be successful. Because whatever they're doing now isn't working, and it hasn't been working. But for everybody to say, oh, it's going to be going away, it's going to be shutting down, the dude didn't drop down $44 billion for this thing to just be shut down in a week, throw his hands up and go, ah, screw it. That's a good point. And honestly, maybe I'm the Lone Ranger here. Just for argument's sake, let's say that Elon goes in there this weekend and says, you know what? The best thing for humanity, the best thing for free speech is if I just delete this thing. And he takes the cord and he unplugs it and deletes all the servers. Like the guy in airplane? Like the guy in airplane. And he's holding up the cord and he's smiling with that diabolical look in his face. Maybe I'm the only one, but I'd be here for that. Blowing the whole thing up, kind of like what Forrest Gump said in the movie. That's good. One less thing. One, one less, less thing. One less thing to worry about. One less thing to worry about. Yeah, I am I here for the deletion. I, I use Twitter. It's a great source of information, but if it went away tomorrow, am I going to be okay? I think I'll be fine. Um, we got some legal stuff to attend to. This story about Target is wild. These are some insane numbers. So the CFO of Target, you know, the big chain store, sure. Target, uh, they say that crime has cost their business approximately $400 million this year. Crime? Crime. And that could be up to $600 million before the new year. I guess Target has been ripped off in terms of merchandise by a combination of organized crime, petty theft, and these smash-and-grab looting incidents. I see those all the time still. Like an organized effort to go into a Target and uh, loot the entire store and just walk right back out. Right, like, just ransack grab it. Grab as much stuff as you can and walk back out, and there's nobody there to stop you. $400 million, that's how much merchandise they've had stolen this year. And they claim that it's going to be up to $600 million before the beginning of the year. Whew, it's time to start putting people back in jail. Maybe for these crimes. Nigel, we have to find the root causes first. We can't put bad guys in jail. We have to find the root causes. Maybe maybe you could do both at the same time. (laughs) I don't don't know. Maybe I'm just spitballing. That guy with 20-plus felonies that shot somebody, we can't put him behind bars to stay. We have to find the root causes. Well, I was reading a a thing about um, the the finance editor at Yahoo.com had a story about this. 
and they were they were they mentioned something about well look you know here's what the root you know the stealing it's you know they kind of were trying to tie it to wealth inequality <laughs> like that's what well there's wealth inequality that's why it's happening too but stealing just incre- increases the prices for everybody right I'm thinking right I mean that's just gonna you know send prices through the roof unless you steal it then it's still free. It's free to you, but for law-abiding citizens, then everything else goes up. So we'll see what happens if there's any more security, but organized smash and grabs and things of that like nature. How much would it cost them? I would say $400 million in merchandise so far. It could be $600 million before 2023. How much would it cost Target to put armed guards in stores or private security in the stores or somebody at the door, you know, a door guy? You would think the with a store least. named much Target, they'd have a gunman in there, right? <laughs> I mean, it makes perfect sense. So, I mean, just a presence of authority. Uh, so, this, this kind of thing can't happen. I'm sure it probably would cost not even anywhere near $400 million for them to do that. Right. That's a lot of money. That's a lot of stuff at Target. Target, as some folks dub it. Yes. So, where are we at with this story? There's this gymnast for LSU. She's a college student. Her name is Olivia Dune. Ever since college students and college athletes have been able to get endorsements, they call it name, image, likeness, NIL deals, yeah. she has made almost $2 bucks. She is a smoking hot, ridiculously hot gymnast for LSU, big social media influencer. Olivia Dunn. Is and that her name? she puts her pictures out there that are pretty risque to say the least. She knows what she's Whoa, doing. hello. Well, the there she is. Stanford basketball women's coach, the head coach of the women's team, Tara Vandeveer, has said that it sets women back because she's capitalizing on her sexuality and not her athletic ability or her mind. Now, mind you, this Olivia Dunn chick has made almost $2 million being a social media superstar and getting endorsements. But yet she's still an athlete, though, right? Yes, she's still on the LSU gymnastics team. So what is what is the Stanford, what does the Stanford women's coach care? She claims that because she's using her sexuality, it sets women back who are athletes because they want to be judged as athletes, not you know eye candy. What about the the men who think they're women? that compete against women. Ooh, we haven't heard from Tara <laughs> Vanderveer on that. Maybe she's some sort of ist. Okay. But I got no problem. Uh, yeah, if you no, want to make at, $2 million showing people your butthole, be my guest. I do not care. <laughs> That's money for you. Knock yourself out. I am with the LSU gymnast on this one. Yes, I am too. I'm looking at it right now, actually. That's inappropriate. Take it a break. It's the Hammer and Nigel <laughs> Show. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Hey fam, I'm asking for your support. Help us raise money for St. Jude's Children's Research Hospital. Families never receive a bill from St. Jude for treatment, travel, housing, or food so they can focus on helping their child live. By pledging just $19 a month, you're helping St. Jude give every child with cancer a chance. Help St. Jude save lives. Call 1-800-411-9898. That's 1-800-411-9898 and become a partner in hope today. 
Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Hey fam, I'm asking for your support. Help us raise money for St. Jude's Children's Research Hospital. Families never receive a bill from St. Jude for treatment, travel, housing, or food so they can focus on helping their child live. By pledging just $19 a month, you're helping St. Jude give every child with cancer a chance. Help St. Jude save lives. Call 1-800-411-9898. That's 1-800-411-9898 and become a partner in hope today. You know, everybody's talking about today how Qatar has banned uh, alcoholic beverages, beer, around the World Cup stadiums. World Cup starts this weekend. Big, big, big soccer thing. The United States has very slim chance of, of winning this. But all anybody's talking about today is Qatar and how they've they've no more alcohol in and around the stadium, the World Cup, where they play the soccer. I'm thinking, well, that's a great way to distract from the fact that you guys are a bunch of criminal human rights violators to get everybody talking about the fact that, well, we're not going to serve alcohol. They would rather have people talking about Qatar banning alcohol at the World Cup than have people talking about the human rights violations, egregious human rights violations um, that are are still going on in Qatar in terms of LGBTQ. Um, they, I mean, who knows how many people died. Uh, slave migrants from Nepal I think they averaged one a day dying when they were building the facilities for the World Cup. Uh, nobody wants to talk about the that. Nobody wants to talk about the treatment of, uh, of the again the LGBTQ. But what does the United States do? They change their logo on their on the on their uh, their shirts, their uniforms to reflect the rainbow flag. That's so they're still playing in the tournament. Oh, yo, sure, yeah, too much money there. There's too much money. Right. You don't see anybody on ESPN or Fox or anybody talking, you know, bad about the human rights violations uh, over there. But boy, once they announce they're not serving Budweiser at the World Cup in those stadiums, that's just all over the internet right now. This is a classic example of money talks and BS walks because there's no way Qatar should be hosting this because, one, they're human rights violations. Two, the things that they believe in. So no booze, okay. They're also saying that if you're not married, no intercourse. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're not allowed to bump uglies in hotel rooms unless you're married. And, by the way, you're not allowed to be gay. No, no, uh, you're that's not. a jail sentence there. But so, they were still rewarded with hosting the most prestigious soccer tournament in the absolutely. world. Absolutely, money talks and BS walks, man. Uh, here's a little lighter booze news for you. Coors Light is now selling color-changing nail polish. So if <laughs> you're a lady, or do? I guess a dude, and you have this nail polish on, and you grab a Coors Light, the nail polish will tell you how cold the beer is. <laughs> That's how you know you're a real alcoholic. <laughs> yeah, I got this uh, nail polish. It's going to tell me how much my pint of booze is, uh, my pint of beer is cold or warm. Yeah, I, I really, I really need this to facilitate my alcoholism. Because on the can, the mountains change color. <laughs> yeah, that's right. right. But now, if you have the uh, corresponding nail polish, your nail polish will change color. We've just got one more hour to go. Short show today. We're coming right back. 
My name is Nigel. Jason Hammer is here. Also joining us live in studio, Abdul Akeem Shabazz, writer for IndiePolitics.org. He hosts his own show here, longtime host here on 93 WIBC. Is so, what this- I'm, so what joined you guys dead in studio? What's that? He said I'll join live and see what if you join you guys dead in studio. <laughs> yes. That'd be a problem. Sometimes somebody's on the phone, so we like to have the bodies in the studio, Abdul. What is this thing I'm looking at? I know we got a ton of stuff to cover, but is this Facebook page that says like Abdul for mayor? Uh it is, is that really you? It is Abdul for Indy. It is for me, it was uh put together by some friends of mine. Okay, but so so you're aware of this? Yes, we are very aware. Of I it, do yeah. for so you you are toying with the uh, notion of running for mayor. Well, uh, um, like I've said before, and I'll tell you guys same thing. I've told everybody else. I, I would be less than honest if I didn't say I wasn't thinking about it. Now, obviously, there are lots of things to take into consideration. Obviously, Marion County is a very Democratic county, sixty forty. Uh, the, the incumbent mayor has three three million dollars in the bank. Uh, also, uh, there was a twenty thousand vote uh, difference between Ryan Mears and Cindy Carrasco. Uh, in the most recent election, and so wow. so part of it is is figuring out how to uh, appeal to those twenty thousand straight ticket voters. But uh, and I don't and but the other uh, more difficult uh, task at hand is convincing the lovely Mrs. Shabazz that this is a good oh, idea. Well, that's that's a thing. right because actually I think it's because when someone asks me to do which is easier to find the twenty thousand votes or convince your wife, like I think finding the twenty thousand votes would <laughs> would be a little bit easier than, than convincing my wife right now. Do you really think you can win in Marion County? Um. I got there. There's a puncher's chance, obviously, uh, right now. I got to uh, go through, like I said, the the election results, which will be certified on November 21st. That we would get a sort of a, a, a breakdown by precinct as to uh, where the votes were well, between Ryan Mirror and Cindy Carrasco. To me, that's that's the baseline. Um, so so there's that. I mean, if I didn't think I any first of all, anything is possible. Right now, is it probable? Sure. That remains to be seen. Just for blanks and giggles, let's say that you do this thing and you're in. What is the main focuses of an Abdul uh, candidacy? Uh, public safety, public works, and public trust. Public safety, which is getting our crime issue under control, which is involving the police, the prosecutors, the, the public defenders, the judges. So there's that. Uh, there's fixing our potholes and our crappy streets. And also, people need to feel good. At, fundamentally, people need to feel good about where they live. People need hope, and that's one thing I've, I've noticed has been missing for the past couple of years. Indianapolis is is hope. It seems, city seems adrift. I mean, mm, we had yeah. we had the pandemic to deal with, and, and I understand that. But people just need to feel good about where. Now, obviously, any city, any major metropolitan area is going to have issues. I mean, that's you have a crime problem, you're going to have a road problem. Right. You're never not going to have zero homicides. It, it, exactly. That, that's impossible. People should at this at the very least feel should feel good about where they live and about their city's leadership. Seems like more often than not, though, those counties and those cities you're talking about are heavily blue. Cities um, and counties. Uh, yeah, but but I argue there's no real blue way or, or, or red way to run a city. Either you know what you're doing or you don't. It's, right. it's just that simple. For example, Steve Goldsmith, Bill Hudnett were Republicans. They knew what they were doing. Uh, Bart Peterson, at least the first couple of terms, knew what he was doing. So, it it, it 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 like I said, there's no blue or DR. There's no RD way to run a city. Either either you, either you got it or you yeah. don't. But are you concerned though that it seems like Cindy Carrasco ran a pretty decent campaign, had some money, had TV commercials, did media appearances. But because of the registration difference in Marion County, uh, 60 to 40, that's where the election went down to. Are you concerned that even if you have a great campaign and you get all this money coming in, that you just can't get over the hump that people are going to vote straight ticket blue because that's what they do? And, and, and the trick to deal with that is come with a strategy to convince people not to vote straight ticket, which I'll share a little bit later on. How do you okay? So, how much money does it cost to run a successful three million dollars? Three three million dollars. Yep, you need three mil. 
About three, three mil in the bank. Yeah, three mil and some change. Well, why don't you say so? Let me get my wallet out right now. <laughs> sure, yeah. You know, I make radio money. That's nothing to me. Um, uh, I, I, I will say this. Uh, I have been told an approach that raising money would, would not be as much of a challenge as I originally thought it would be. Okay. Do you have a timeline on a potential decision? Uh, end of the year. Okay. Well, that's not, that's not leaving very much time. Uh, it's going to take that long to convince the missus. <laughs> <laughs> so are you prepared if you do this thing? And again, it's a big if. We don't yeah. know at this point. Yeah, it, to have all your personal dirty laundry aired out. There's going to be like negative campaign commercials. Abdul Hakeem Shabazz is he's OJ a, in disguise. He's not saying he'll eat your children, but can you afford to take that chance? <laughs> right. I mean, I've been in politics almost 30 years, either as a reporter, political operative, etc., and I've written a lot of stuff, and I expect all that to be – I expect everything I've ever done to be made public. I wonder so. when it comes right down to it, like I don't know where Todd Rakita lives, the attorney general, but if he lives in Marion County, I wonder if he would vote for <laughs> Hogsett over he, you. No, he lives in, he lives in Hendricks County. <laughs> oh, okay, so I didn't okay. know that. All right, all right. Uh, Nige <laughs> brings up Boss Hogsett. He announced this past week that he's running for a third term. In the past, he stated that he was all in on term limits – the last one was supposed to be the last one, but here we are again. Abdul, your thoughts? Uh, we did some polling uh, this past summer, uh, and actually our poster called the prosecutor's race right on the money, and we asked about the mayor's race. And so we asked, you know, do you think the mayor deserves a third term? Only a third of the po- only a third of the respondents said yes. A third said no, and a third said they were undecided. And also, uh, half of Democrats thought that the mayor had pretty much done his job, and they were they were fine, and there's no need to run for a third term. So, so obviously, there's something there. Uh, and and sort of and sort of the uh, and sort of and sort of the 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 undercurrent for for lack of a better term, I think also the fact that uh, Joe Hogshead has a primary at least one primary challenger for now he may have two uh, down the road, uh, Robin Shackelford, and Robin Shackelford is African American and female, and because she and a lot of African Americans have had some issues with the mayor over slating and some other things they didn't think their their voices were being heard, uh, so uh, Joe's got. Joe's got a little bit of a hill to climb. How is Shackleford different than Joe Hogsett? Like, what does she stand for that Joe Hogsett doesn't do? Uh, I would say a little bit more uh, sensitive to African-American issues and a little bit more inclusive to African-American issues as well. How is she on crime? Um, she is. She's not, she's not necessarily she's not a defund the police person. I, I will give Robin uh, credit for is that. Is that the bar now? Well, she's not defund the police. <laughs> well, so. well, but no, but no, she does want to spend more money to, to deal with sort of the sort of the under, under the undercurrents of crime, as because uh, Robin said the root cause kind of stuff. Yeah, the, sort of the poverty, okay. jobs, uh, that sort of thing. But but I'm, I'm a I'm a weed and seed guy. That you can't do the good stuff until you take until you, get, until you get rid of the bad guys. And we right. all know. That most crime is committed by by a handful of uh, the same five percent of the population. The guy that had twenty plus felonies, like, can we stop trying to find the root cause of his <laughs> issues and just lock him away, please? My thing, I'm a three strikes and you're out kind of guy. Okay, all right. Are you a stop and frisk kind of guy? Actually, yes. Because that's what yes, happened but, yeah, in New yeah, York. That's how they. That's part of the reason. I, I'm I'm a stop and frisk person, but done a little bit uh, differently um, because I'm a firm believer. Like, say. Uh, uh, here, I wrote about this, so it's no no big secret. Uh, I'm a big believer in police working with with uh, with local folks. For example, I believe what Indianapolis should do. It's kind of like crime stoppers. It's coming with a tip line. So if Grandma sees Pookie or Ray Ray, you know, with a gun that Pookie or Ray Ray isn't supposed to have, right. She can call the police, report anonymously, like, "Hey, my nephew is on the street. He's at you know Fifth and Fifth and Emerson, you know, with a gun. You guys need to go." get him I, I believe that's the way you do it you don't just pull people over for no for no reason but but if you have probable cause or reasonable suspicion to pull someone over then to me stop and frisk works 
And with constitutional carry, the big misconception is that anybody can just walk around with a gun. You still have to buy that weapon legally, and you still have to pass the background check to have that weapon. So if you are a stop-and-frisk person, does this require law enforcement to kind of run your name and run your information? Um I would that that's still working out the the, the the details on, but but I'm but I do believe the stop and frisk, if done right, does work. Uh, nationally, what, your thoughts? I mean, so Joe Hogshead announced he's running. Um, you may or may announce, uh, announce that you're running for mayor, but uh, Donald Trump announced uh, two full years before the election that he was running for president again. What do you? What, why did he do it so early? What do you stand on on what happened this week? There's a lot of news happening uh, nationally this All week. All I know when Donald Trump announced he was running for president, I had to call my optometrist to get my eye rolls from the back of my head. I was like, <laughs> Good Lord, really? A third time. This is like Police Academy 3, Jaws 3, Friday the 13th Part 3, Nightmare on Elm Street Part 3, the, the, RoboCop 3. The third one, the third one always <laughs> sucks. Like, if, if I were Donald Trump, I would just like, you know what? You were president. You, you had fun. Go spend your money. Go play with your grandchildren. Just go go enjoy the rest of your life and go retire and let somebody else you know, take over because I, I, I don't see it happening. You know, Abdul, I told Nigel last week that we can't make fun of Jaws 2 anymore because Indianapolis is the city from Jaws 2. We keep electing the same leaders, right? The mayor in Jaws 2 is the same as the mayor in Jaws 1. He won re-election. That's what we have done here in Indianapolis with Ryan Mears and Boss Hogsett. We can't make fun of them anymore. Well, actually, yes, you can because you got to be Ray Schneider who kills Jaws in the first movie. <laughs> what do you think? I know that the, there's going to be a congressional investigation of uh, Joe Biden and his son Hunter. Do you think anything's going to come of that? No, not really. I, I don't think so. Uh, because it never had. With, it never with, does. With, with a lot of these investigations, people make a lot of noise, but both Democrats and Republicans. They make a lot of noise, they put together a report, then it goes on the shelf somewhere. Right. It's a lot of gotcha sound bites. You know, we'll play the audio, we'll think it's funny, we'll have some reaction, and at the end of the day, not a damn thing will happen. And Pretty by the much. way, do you think, I mean, even if the, even if they did, even if Congress does recommend to the DOJ that, hey, yeah, maybe you should arrest Hunter and uh, uh, his dad, do you really think well, Biden's they're, 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 Department they're not, of Justice they're, is going to... They're not going to go after his father. Yeah, exactly. They're, they're, that's not going to happen, because... Uh, as with Donald Trump and all the January 6th commission and those subpoenas, yep. it, it's not going to happen. So, Abdul, what do you got coming up for uh, Thanksgiving? What do plans look like? Uh, to sit home and do absolutely nothing. Nice. <laughs> Literally, do nothing. Have fried chicken and steak and do absolutely nothing. You're not nothing. a turkey person. Not, not, a big, not a big turkey person. Got it. <laughs> Abdul, have a great holiday, my friend. And uh, when you're ready to make that announcement, we can't wait. Uh, do it on our show. <laughs> well, I got. I promise <laughs> Rob. I promise everybody else. Probably going to do it on his own show, <laughs> I would imagine. But uh, we want to be in the queue, at least. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll pull like a... Uh, what we call like a politician? I'll do a podcast. Like let's let's have a conversation about the, about the city of Indianapolis. <laughs> Abdul, thank you. Hey, thank you, gentlemen. All right, Matt Bear standing by in the WIBC Traffic Center. Nigel presents. Is. It depends upon what the meaning of the word is. Yeah. Is this? Anything on How do we play? Is this anything? I'll run some stories by you. You break down all of the information that's been presented and you give us a verdict if the story is anything or not. All right. Is this anything? An employee at a nursing home in New York filmed a deer that had broken into the joint. Uh, but what the deer really wants is to get out. Yeah. And it does so. By crashing through the window. Oh, my God. Don't. 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 
There is a deer in here. <laughs> oh, oh, he's out. He's out. Look out. He's out. No way. <laughs> no way, man. Sounded like Spicoli. No way. Yeah, that's, that's something, a deer in a uh, nursing home, and you can could, you could actually hear it break through the... Oh, he's out. <laughs> There it is. <laughs> I mean, if you didn't we talk about this a couple days ago? Like the, the deer that got into Kroger in Zionsville. Right. Back in the day. I was running amok. Was crazy. Um, and this brings us to a new segment on the Hammer and Nigel show. I don't think we've ever done this before. Great moments in deer getting indoors history. Oh, okay. Here is a uh, viral video of a deer crashing into a house. <laughs> Came out here and I heard a weird noise. I didn't want him to go where my son was. My first thought was to just save myself. I ain't gonna lie. So I ran back in my room and tried to grab my gun to shoot the deer in the oh. house. I was gonna shoot the house up. Great wow. moments. Great moments in deer getting indoors history, like this one of a deer crashing through the window of a hair salon. Oh, jeez. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. All right, wait, wait. Dumbest animals alive. Are you okay? You okay? Wow. Oh, my God. Back for more. You're fine. I mean, just destroyed the place. They are truly the... Aren't they one of the dumbest animals on the face of the planet? I mean, the pea brains? I'm not sure. I mean, like this brain's the size of literally my pinky finger. So they're Joe Biden. That's what you're telling me. (laughs) (laughs) Is this anything? A girl filmed her dad scrolling through her phone to see if he was selected for the pre-sale of Taylor Swift tickets. Yeah. Let's listen to see what happens. This is a dad? At the beginning of that, it sounded like there was a wild deer on the loose. <laughs> there's the deer. Now here's the dad. <laughs> I think this is something. I'm sure he's probably happy f- that he got his tickets for his daughter. Right. This, you know, but I mean, like, I, I didn't get this excited when my wife told me she was pregnant for the first time. <laughs> I actually said, eh? What would you say? Say that again? Repeat uh, that? I'm sorry, what? <laughs> no, but, I mean, listen to this thing. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. What do you think? I mean, I, I for, for Taylor Swift tickets, they just canceled, like, the public sale for ta- Taylor Swift tickets. It's been a disaster. It's, uh, 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 Unbelievable disaster with um, was it Ticketmaster? Yes. Yeah. So I don't know. Would you get that excited? Have you been, ever been that excited about anything, Hammer? When the Cubs won the World Series, I was excited, but I didn't sound like that. No. <laughs> Sounds like somebody's tickling Richard Simmons. <laughs> 
Okay. Uh, well, we usually talk to the coach uh, about an hour from now, right? But since there's IU basketball coming up, should we get him on a horn a little bit after 4.30? Bunch Let's of do stuff it. I want to get to him. Let's do All it. Right. All right. Uh, coach, coming up next uh, a little bit after 4.30, 93WIBC. It's the Hammer and Nigel Show. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Did you know St. Jude has one of the largest pediatric sickle cell programs in the country? St. Jude freely shares the discoveries they make, and every child saved at St. Jude means doctors and scientists worldwide can use this knowledge to save thousands more children everywhere. Join me today in helping to fight sickle cell disease by becoming a partner in hope. Call now, 1-800-411-9898. That's 1-800-411-9898. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. When St. Jude opened in 1962, childhood cancer was considered incurable. Since then, St. Jude has helped push the overall survival rate from 20% to more than 80%. St. Jude won't stop until no child dies from cancer. Join me today in supporting St. Jude by calling 1-800-411-9898. That's 1-800-411-9898 to become a partner in hope. Your gift to St. Jude could last a lifetime. It is the Hammer and Nigel show. My name is Jason Hammer. Big Nige is here. And joining us now on the DriveHubler.com hotline, the coach, Dan Dockich. Coach, I want to be cool. I want to be rational. But... Can we talk about yeah. Jeff Saturday? Sweet mother of God here. The dude has reinvigorated a fan base, Coach. I am completely fanboy in. I am in on the Jeff Saturday experience. I don't want to hear crap from Bill Cower or Joe <laughs> Thomas or any of these people, these little Kyle Brandt guys. Kyle Brandt. I am here for the Jeff Saturday experience. Hey, I don't look. I get it. Fritz Pollard and their alliance, they're going to investigate this. They should, but I got to tell you, I'm just going to tell you, 99.9% of people uh, are like, okay, you do what you got to do, but can we win on Sunday? Right. <laughs> right. Can we, can we get a W on Sunday? Investigate it. Do your thing, man. You guys have been great. You, you've championed diversity. And as an African-American uh, coaching buddy of mine said yesterday to me, he goes, Dan, look on the sidelines of the NFL, man. He goes, in his words, he goes, it, it, it's all African-American. He goes, so what's eventually going to happen is there are going to be, because guys are now working all over the place, he goes, just look on the sideline. He goes, there's going to be a ton of head coaches in the next 10 years, and it's because of things for its pilot. If you don't know, they're investigating this hiring, the Rooney rule, and it's all good. It, it really is. But I'm with you. Like, hey, we'll worry about that after the season. Right, right now. When Jeff Saturday started, Matt Ryan, I was all in because I got spies everywhere. My spies tell me there ain't nobody in that building, nobody that believes Sam Ellinger was the guy. Uh, Joe Wright came on my show. He said, Dan, as soon as he announced Matt Ryan, he got instant credibility with the veterans. 
because they own them. Look, Sam Ellinger, fine, great. We, yeah, Rob, go fight, win. Maybe next year, the year, who knows? But right now, it is about Matt Ryan leading this team, and I am with you. Do whatever you got to do. Find Jimmy Ursay after the season. But we got a game against the Eagles this week, baby. The Eagles! Swear to God. So we address, you know, I, I'm all for everything that you got to do, but the average fan right now is saying, hey, at least we got a pulse here with the Colts, right? At least we got some life here with the Colts. Right. And I think Pat McAfee said something interesting this past week. With this whole Jeff Saturday, no experience to the head coach role, maybe this is going to be a good thing for the black community. Maybe this is going to be a good thing because there's a lot of athletes, predominantly African-Americans, that can make that jump from playing in the league to being a head coach. Maybe we're moving past this whole, you've got to be an assistant for six, seven, eight years. No, maybe somebody that was a really good player can jump up and be a head coach. We see it in the NBA. We don't see it too much in the NFL, but maybe this is going to be a good thing. Well, like my buddy told me, he goes, Dan, he goes, look, he goes, all of this stuff, all you do, you look on a sideline. He goes, just next time, and I did, you know, look on a sideline of an NFL team. And, you know, he's a coach, and he's come up, and he's still an assistant, and he would like to be a head coach. He asked me not to say his name because, or maybe I could say it on here, but not outkick. Um Anyway, so it's one of those deals where you're like, who knows what's going to happen? I do know this. I, I do know this 100%. It's copycat league. Like, you tell me, Jeff Saturday goes 8-0, gets to the Super Bowl, whatever, shoot. Right. You'll see, you know, whoever, name a guy. Like, uh, Ryan Clark will be the head coach of the Steelers next year. Dana Vlaski will be head coach of the Detroit Lions. I mean, you know. I mean, Deion Sanders jumped into college football, and he's done great. See the thing. The thing is, and and this is really interesting. Uh, character and leadership. And you know what? We've made fun. I've made fun of horseshoe guy and all that kind of <laughs> stuff. But you got to give a little credit. You got to give a little credit to that locker room because that locker room, you know, the leadership. And if you want to say Buckner or you want to say Quentin Nelson or you want to say Jonathan, whoever you want to say is the leader in that, you got to pitch in for them. Look, when I was the head coach, interim head coach at Indiana, I had a bunch of drug doing punks. And frankly, uh, they didn't listen to Samson, you know, and and I'm sitting there fighting every day to the point where I had to suspend guys and that kind of thing. It's a lot different when you got high character going. And I feel like the Colts got some high character, and this may be the time where it actually pays off and matters. You know, I was uh, had ESPN on in the background uh, this morning getting ready. A couple of those guys picked the Colts to win this weekend. Money line, outright. Um, hey, 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 hold on a second. Those guys have been jackasses to Saturday because, you know what, yeah. when they first got hired, they did that whole thing. You know, everybody, you know, like Cower. Cower did something that was really stupid, in my opinion. He, he showed himself to be a dumbass when he said, well, You've got guys on the staff that should have been elevated. No, you've got guys on that staff that are lucky to have damn jobs. You've got guys, John Fox, are you kidding me? Scotty Montgomery, he's an offensive guy. Nobody from that offensive staff should have. they got to be lucky they have a job. That offense was so putrid. So, look, Cowher say what he wants, hide behind whatever he wants, but he just showed himself to be a dumbass. And uh, I'm not here for that. I'm just not here for that kind of stupidity. I'm all in on Jeff Saturday. You guys are all in on Jeff Saturday. Oh, yeah. And let's be honest, that's all Jeff Saturday needs is us, the three of us. <laughs> <laughs> but you're not taking the points, plus seven? Oh, yeah. Oh, God, I'm sprinkling money line. I'm going plus seven. 
Uh, I'm taking Michigan State minus 10 against Indiana. Uh, a good friend of mine who's working the game told me take no matter how many points it goes to, take Michigan to beat the living crap out of Illinois. I'm taking Florida minus 14 against Vanderbilt. Oh, yeah, I may even take Purdue plus uh, minus 18, or I may take Northwestern. But I am on a cold streak starting yesterday like I have never seen. I'm going to get hot this weekend. That's right. Um, yeah, I'm with you. Give me the Colts and the points. I got uh, Iowa, the Fighting Hawkeyes, Iowa, getting, getting the points against Minnesota. Why? Because Purdue needs them to lose, and Purdue never gets nice things. That's why that's going to happen. Give me Iowa and the points, Coach. <laughs> I cannot argue that. And I will tell you who totally is nodding their head right now when you said Purdue never gets nice things. Every Purdue fan in the country is going, yeah, you're right. You're right. If we win seven in a row, we know eight losses in a row is coming. If we win four in a row, we know we're going to have a devastating defeat. Hello, St. Peter's. It's just the way it's going to be. But I hope Purdue gets nice things. I hope Purdue gets to the championship game. I think that'd be kind of fun. Uh, outrage in Qatar as the World Cup is banning alcohol sales, Coach. Did I hear you talking about this earlier this morning on your yeah. kick show? The World Cup starts this weekend, and I'm just – what did you think when you first heard that? And I think people were kind of missing the, the larger point about the World Cup in the uh, oppressive country like Qatar. Well, the bigger point is uh, – you know, who are you hanging with? So you make a deal, you're going to go to Qatar or Qatar with Kate or whatever the hell you want to call that place. And you know what? Uh, it's obviously a deal with the devil. Yeah. And whenever you deal with the devil, I, I dealt, you know, basically in my world, of course, it always comes back to the indie star. You know, I've always really dealt with one knucklehead in my life and it comes back to bite you. It always does. And this came back to bite. Uh, the Soccer Federation, you know, all of a sudden, two days before, Budweiser's out there, and they spend millions over the years. Now, this isn't a quick partnership between Budweiser and FIFA. This is a long-time thing. And uh, two days before, now, here's the deal with it. You can have beers outside the stadium. You can have alcohol in the suites. The rich people, they said champagne, whiskeys, wine, other other liquors, but you can't have it in the stadium. And you know, let, let's be honest. I mean, soccer is a tough watch. I mean, I get it. People love it. But in our country, you know, if you're going to go to a soccer game, you better grab a six, sneak it in on your person. Um, but I, I, it's amazing to me. Two days before, you've got all these millions of, uh, literally millions of bottles and cans of Budweiser served. And they said no alcohol in the stadium. It's uh, when you do a deal with the devil, man, it always comes back to bite you. And I just. It, I just love how people are outraged by this, but not the oppressive human rights violations of this country. God. You know? That's exactly right. They've had, look, they, for 12 years, uh, 12 years ago, Qatar had this announced. And I was listening to a reporter named Grant Wall, and Grant Wall said, look, he's there. Uh, everything's brand new. Like, literally, uh, $200 billion poured into this. Roads, brand new. Hotels, brand new. Uh a subway, brand new stadiums, brand new buildings, everything, everything brand new. And, you know, people get there and they're like in awe, right? Because yeah. everything's brand new, but you're still in a place that in terms of human rights is horrendous. In terms of any type of diversity of thought is horrendous. 
But yeah, man, don't take our beer, damn it. <laughs> we're going to have a real problem. And if anybody understands that, it's my boy Hammer. He gets it. Coach, have a great Thanksgiving. Yeah, Tell man. the family we said uh, hello. And uh, thank you for being good to this show throughout the year, man. We appreciate it. Oh, you guys are the best. Thank you for being good to my show. Uh, have a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful Thanksgiving, guys. Thanks. All right. We've got uh, the last beer sample Friday before Thanksgiving. Oh. And I brought the libations today. Ooh, what'd you bring? What'd you bring me? I will come show on. you when we come All back. Right. Beer Sample Friday yeah. next. Right now. Hammer and Nigel present oh, oh, oh. Uh. Beer Sample Fry. I got some beers. Let's drink them, huh? Beers on sale, people. Come down, get you some. And we're brought to you by our friends at Thompson Furniture and Mattress in Columbus. Going to have some huge Black Friday sales next week after Thanksgiving. You know what I love to see when our friend Spencer at Thompson Furniture sends us, like, pictures of Hammer and Nigel listeners going in there, getting their Hammer and Nigel Yeti cups yeah. and smiling for the camera. They, they'll go in there. You could buy like a mat. You buy anything, buy a mattress or a couch or something like that, and then they'll give you, they'll hook you up with a Hammer and Nigel custom engraved Yeti. And uh, Which I love the I Yeti too. cups, every, every time I take one of those to my neighbor's house, he's like, well, can I get one of those? I'm like, well, go buy a mattress. Right. Free delivery, <laughs> Skippy. <laughs> So, uh, usually Beer Sample Friday, here's how it works. We uh, will sometimes sample other brewers' beers that they'll bring in for us. Sometimes a bartender will bring in a, a beer from our favorite bar. Sometimes we just buy our own beer. Sometimes there's a theme to the beer, what's going on this weekend, and sometimes it's just random. Right. And today's one of those random times. So, okay. I walked into the liquor store, and I just noticed something that we haven't had yet. And it caught my eye, and it's a local product, so I thought, let's give it a shot today. I'm going to pass this over to you here, Nige. Oh, Sister City Colch. <laughs> this is, um, is this Indiana? Yeah, this is Indiana City Brewing, isn't yes. it? Yes. Yeah. Well, here's the thing. You were gone last Friday, and I had another Indiana City brew. Oh, did you? Um, it was one with the big horse. It was called Kickoff for the Colts. Okay, but 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 Indiana City. This is their downtown. I think of Shelby. Okay, and this so this is called Sister City Kolsch, and I actually know this beer. Um, I don't think we've had it before, right? I haven't had it. That's why I picked it up. And Sister City, it's paired with a city in Germany, which is said to be like the sister city of Indianapolis. Yeah, Cologne, yeah, Cologne Germany, and that's where they. That's where the you're right. That's where the Kolsch style of brewing came from originally was um, Cologne, Germany, which is a sister city of Indianapolis. So, Was it over when the Germans bombed Pearl Harbor? <laughs> Hell no! Oh, yeah. Pour yourself All a little right. something there and... Uh, we are doing it, keeping it classy here with styrofoam cups. I believe the Kolsch-style beer supposed to be poured into a pole-style skinny uh, tall glass, but... I really don't care. We got Liston and Beach Grove in the house, and we're going to pour it into a styrofoam <laughs> cup, damn it. That's how we're going to get down. Cheers. Oh. Was I listening to the... Oh, man, that's good, man. Oh, that I love, really love cold-style beer, man. That's good. I love Thank beer. You. Can I just say that? Yeah, you're I that. love beer. Beer is good. Uh, thanks to Coach for coming on with us earlier. I heard you on his show. Uh, when was that about? 1230. 12.30 today? And you said something like you're Charlie... What were you saying? And I was then talking he about how Purdue this. fans like 
nothing good ever happens for Purdue. Just when you think they're going to get over the hump, Charlie Brown tries to kick the football and Lucy steals it away. (laughs) Yeah, and didn't he say the same thing like three minutes later? Doc had said, you know what Purdue is like? (laughs) Clearly wasn't listening to a word I had to say. I was dying laughing. What was he doing? What was he? He made the exact same analogy as you did like 60 seconds later. Right. Because he was broadcasting on a remote location, so he wasn't in studio. Right, right. And clearly wasn't paying a bit of attention to what I had to say. I think you called him Biden. <laughs> oh, I was rolling. That was so funny. Yeah, old man Dockage and old man Biden not paying any attention, repeating lines, shaking hand with the air. Oh, man, that is so f- That's good stuff right there. IU basketball coming up uh, right at 5 o'clock, right? Right, and this is a big game. Xavier is really good, and it's a traditional program that you know makes a run at this thing all the time. IU's on the road. Right. IU is down in Cincinnati. Uh, we've got full coverage, you know, and the game here. But man, can you get into college basketball yet? Like, there's no bigger sports fan than I am. I love to watch. You know, I love to play when I can. I love to gamble on it. But man, I just can't get into college basketball just it's, yet. It's pretty fresh. It's pretty new for the year, for the season, because there's so much else going on. There's NFL. There's college football. Right. Um, and. Uh, I, I forgot there was a, a basketball, there was a tournament in town at Gamer's Fieldhouse. A oh, of, yeah. The, Big mega teams. You had Kentucky yeah, and Michigan yeah, yeah. State, Duke I, and Kansas. Totally forgot all about that. Yeah, man, I just no, can't. Not person. I get it. Get into it. I know that's sacrilege here in Indiana Some when basketball do. is religion, but man, it's football season to me. It is, it is, but if you're an IU fan, I think you're probably paying more attention to the basketball team. Oh, yeah. The, <laughs> I think right? you started paying attention to the basketball team about three months ago. <laughs> <laughs> and we have got coverage for you. Don Fisher on yeah. the call, and our pal John Herrick's going to be doing some stuff as well. The Hoosiers, the Musketeers, Indiana, Xavier, that's coming up next. We will talk to you on Monday, 3 to 7, Full show right here on 93 WIBC.